crap. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. I'm Courtney. We talk about the do-do's. And the don't-do's. Just don't do. <laughs> oh, okay. A personalized learning. <laughs> We're off to a good We're start. We're off to a good start. Okay. We have lots of red in our... Uh, our little, uh, or whatever, or whatever that, that thing is on the screen. So that's good. That's good. That's good. That, yeah, that means they can hear us. Oh. So, which is good. So okay. we're trying to get better about the sound, for one. Kind of. Yeah, but apparently <laughs> we have something to talk about today. Uh, yeah, I do have, yeah. Matt and I are both a little punchy today. We were both traveling and presenting professional development in in. Far from us. A places. long ways. <laughs> like driving far from we us. We did a Separate lot of places, driving. But we yeah, both, exactly. We both were, yeah, so anyway, we're... we're <laughs> Today's man. one of those days. <laughs> it's one of those days. All right, yeah. so here's, here's kind of what I want to talk about today. Okay. Um, so I did work with um, a school district yesterday, and we started talking about capacity matrices and learning menus, yep. which is... Um, the names are really interchangeable. Like right. honestly, I started calling them learning menus after I did work in one district that was like, please don't call them capacity matrices. <laughs> and I was like, um, all right, okay. learning menus <laughs> works. Um, <laughs> terms have baggage. What can I say? Yeah. So, a capacity matrix or learning menu is it's a transparency tool. You know, it's one of the things we talk about in personalized learning is that transparency is key, and that you know John Hattie's research backs this up that. The, it's the, you know, the effect size is like incredible. I want to say it's like mm -hmm. 7.74 or something. Yeah, something somewhere like that. there. Yep. It's huge that um, being crystal clear about expectations, learning targets, and how to get to those learning targets is one of the most powerful um, influences, impacts on achievement that teachers can control. That we can control. That we exactly can control. Right. Yep. So we were kind of going through this whole thing and we were, you know, I, I had them practice with one, the shoe tying matrix, which cracks me up every time I use it still. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll put a link to it in, in the show notes this time because it's a good one. Matt's rolling his eyes because he knows that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I'll I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Anyway, so, you know, after people have been experienced using one for themselves, then we pivot and it's like, okay, go make one. Like, here are the steps to making one. Here are right. different formats you can use. Just go. And so I had a really interesting conversation with someone. Okay. They were, um, this person was a health teacher mm -hmm. and um, called me over and was like, so here's the question she had to say. So are you, are you saying that I need to make like four different capacity matrices. And I was like, I'm kind of like, what do you mean? You know, like I have no idea what she's, what this person's talking about, what she's talking about mm -hmm. at this point. And so she has laid out on the piece of paper, like the, the four different populations she works with. So there's the like, okay. Um, uh, highly disabled, you okay. know, like very low functioning, yeah. um, nonverbal special ed type students. Right. Then there's special ed. Then there's regular. This is on the piece of paper. Then there's yeah. regular, and then there's gifted. Okay. And so she's got in her head that she needs to make four different learning menus for each population. Okay. And she got this how? how? I don't know. But And so what came out of the conversation, so here's where I think she was operating from. Okay. I think she was operating from the stance that you hold different expectations for different learners. Oh, okay. 
right? Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because she was kind of saying, you know, well, like, she was conflating, she was mixing up, like, accommodation and modification with um, uh, competency-based education. Yeah. You know, and, like, so what she, she wanted to be able to have a tool that, like, showed um, learners, like, that were capable of more to do more and that also helped learners who could not access the same text-dense tool as many capacity matrices are, um, you know, an alternative that would help them access the tool. But then she kept confusing it with, like, well, if they're special ed, I need to have different expectations for them. If they're gifted, I need to have different expectations for them. And it was, like, it was a roundabout conversation. It took us us a while to get it all sorted out. But where do you think I led this person? Oh, this is a good question because yeah. uh, I'm thinking that I, as, as I'm thinking, I'm just going to kind of talk here. Yeah, just talk. I had the same kind of discussion yesterday with a, with a teacher who, uh, in my session, I was also doing learning menus, and she was making partially the same, not quite as extreme as you as you had, but yeah. she was talking about, um, you know, expectations for kids, right? And you know, how do I accommodate for kids mm-hmm. and is it okay that I only expect a two level, a foundational level mm. for some kids? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm. That's that's not the way this works. Yep. Uh, you know, it's all kids, all standards, same rigor. The accommodations and the modifications come in. You know how they show it, uh, but not what they're learning. Right. Right. So it's about the the outputs. There can be a variety of things. Whatever's necessary yes. for the kid. And if you're accommodating for some kids on that. Why can't you accommodate for all kids for that? Right. That was our conversation. Yeah. So, which was fascinating. She's like, oh, well, that makes total, s- well, of course we should be doing that. Right. In proficiency-based stuff. So I'm like, yeah. okay, so this is, it was an easier conversation than this one. Yeah. And I'm still not sure what the answer is. So that's, no, well, I just kind of vamped for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you so. did, but that's exactly where, yeah, well, because what you said, so the nugget that like comes out, right, is that it's all standards, all learners. Right. There is no, in proficiency-based education, competency-based education, personalized learning, learner-centered, whatever you want to call it, um, the targets don't change because of the learner. So is that is that where people get hung up yes. with learner-centeredness sometimes? I think, I think this is one place people get hung up um, because, I, and I think before we operated in standards-based or um, competency-based, that happened. We had oh, yeah. different expectations based on what we perceived to be the abilities of the learners. So you got someone that was right. stamped gifted. Oh, I'm going to give them all this hard stuff and expect more from right. them. You get someone who's stamped special ed. Oh, I better dumb this down or give them less work. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, yeah. I, I can see how that makes sense. And maybe because we're just in, in our proficiency-based bubble for the last few years that this is just like, Obvious or common sense, right? Now? Well, it was like totally had that moment where I was like, I don't I'm even not understand even <laughs> exactly your question right now. Why are you? And of course, I didn't say that. Like, no, <laughs> you know, no. But, but sometimes, I you know, you just ask that. So, what do you think about that? And yeah. blah blah. Try to get to what they're saying while you're trying to think. What the heck are they even coming from? <laughs> what is I, going I, on I, you know, I was scrolling through through Twitter last night, and some personalized learning questions and chats come up and. Some people are defending the old traditional system, as we call it, because kids have different needs and different wants, and and we have different expectations for them. And 
it, it struck me. It's funny that we're talking about this yeah. because it struck me like people still think that way. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and of course, and most of the country does. Yeah. And we're totally in a bubble. <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a bubble. And if you're listening to this and, and you're in that bubble, thank you. Yeah. And if you're outside of that bubble in the old traditional system, thank you for listening and trying to at least, you know, figure something out that what we're doing for kids in the old way just doesn't always work. So, so we try to do different things, yeah. but, but it's interesting that, that people are conflating those two yeah, things. and it was so, the conversation was so interesting. Yeah. Um, so where we ultimately ended up, and I think that this is a fair, um, like this recommendation I made to her is not one I've ever made before, um, and I think that it's actually one I would make in the future. Okay. So we landed on, okay, you make two learning menus. Okay. You make one learning menu that is for your your groups, you know, for those three groups, for special ed, regular ed, and gifted. Yeah. And then you make a second one for your um, learners who need help accessing the text. Okay. Right? So whether it's an ELL, a link, and that's what I, I asked them. I was yep. like, well, do you guys have, you know, what is the ELL population up here? Yeah. Um, I was way up near the Canadian border, so um, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you, who I knows, had no idea. Right? And they knows? said they get maybe one or two in the district here. Gotcha. Anyway, but this can work for ELLs. Um, <clears throat> um, or for your um, nonverbal students, you know, maybe, whether they have autism or other disabilities that prevent them from being able to access access text or um, communicate written, but they still have the intellectual capacity, mm -hmm. um, is to, so the content in the learning menu is the same. What's different is that the one for your nonverbal learners or learners who need help access, accessing text is simpler language and much more image-based. Mm -hmm. But everything else is the same. All the options are the same. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you might not give them the same text options if you right. know that that's, um, you know, maybe you've got a text that reads to them. But these learners tend to have a lot of um, tools and accommodations already that right. help them access this. Anyway. Yeah, so absolutely. I thought it was amazing that this was the first teacher <clears throat> I'd ever worked with that was considering that population in their class. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've, not, I've not had that happen. Either, right. It so. was really cool. I was like, this is awesome. Um, but just still getting through that. And then so we got to the point. So on your reg on the capacity matrix, nothing changes. It's just the capacity matrix. You don't make a different one for the special right. education students versus regular ed versus they're all just learners. Um, and you put down choices. So, you know, she was saying, well, maybe I should have lots of videos and things for the, you know, the special ed students. Like she was totally pigeonholing and using stereotypes, right. and, you know, based on what she thinks yep. these learners can do. Sure. And it was like, yes, put them all in. Let everyone have the choice. Yeah. There are videos like that the gifted learners are going to want to watch and get the same thing right. out of them. That's and the there thing. might be something that you were only going to give the gifted learners that Everyone else might like too. Right. Um, right. So yeah, I but I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that. That right, the gifted ones will be able to read this hard text. Right. You know, that the regular kids, well, this easier text and those special ed kids get the videos. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what we used to do in it, school. It is. Right? Yeah, it, so it's fascinating yeah. that 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 this came around. Yeah. This is okay, keep going. Sorry. It was yeah, I didn't want to interrupt, but I was amazing. like, yeah, this is really good. It is really good. So so 
So the capacity matrix, what it ended up doing, or the learning that I knew, what it did for this teacher, was it moved this teacher to a point where they were able to kind of operate more from these are all learners, these are all choices for all learners, rather than these are these kinds of students, these yep. are these kinds of students, these are these kinds of students. And then the conversation turned to the gifted and talented students. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, and so the recommendation, her co- and at this point, colleagues at the table were in on this conversation. Gotcha. Like, it was like a big <laughs> thing. And like... Half of them were, like, totally on, like, they understood, like, where I was coming from with this. And, like, they yeah. got it. And they kept, they were helping to, like, you know, reframe some of the things I was saying. And, like, it was, it was a great, it was, like, this big thing. Nice. Um, was that, so if you have gifted learners in your class, you can absolutely push them to do the score for. Yeah. You can't say to them, you're... In order to get proficient, you have to do the score four. Oh, I see where you're going. Right, because that's the other thing that people want to do. Yeah, right. Is, you right. know, you're gifted, so if, but that's changing the expectations for the learners. Yeah. But what you can do is say to them, you know, I'm pretty. I I believe you're you're able to handle this, and I. I know you can do this. You should give the four a try. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are going to anyway, right. I feel like. Right. But yeah, you can't, um, in a class where you have a mix of learners like that, and everyone is expected to meet the same targets, you cannot change the level of rigor expected on the target for the population that you think a learner is. Right. It's all the same. Same targets, same rigor. Same target, same rigor. If they're doing something different that you're pushing, that's either a four on that particular mm-hmm. target. Or it's a different target altogether. Or it's a different target. Yeah. Exactly. Those are the things. Those are your options. Yeah, yes. and been, that really takes away the point of, of like grade level expectations yes. at that point. Yeah. That you, you know, one of the things that, that I was talking about with the teachers yesterday was do they, do they know what the targets are? Before them in grade level and right. after them, huge and really place them along the continuum. A yeah. lot of the questions were, well, how do I? One math teacher said, well, how do I know what to put for foundational stuff when I'm? A, sometimes they don't know anything mm. that they're just way behind on this. But this is what I have to teach. So we got in that discussion of the progression, and she was like, okay, we can, we can do this, um, but what if what if they're like three or four like grade levels behind, as it were? Mm. And I said, well, why don't you just teach them where they are and try to build them up? And that just kind of blew her mind for a little bit. Like, well, of course that makes sense, but that's not what we do. No, that isn't what we do. Right. Yeah. And so she was. She kind of came away with it like, well, maybe we should be doing something a little bit different yeah. in my particular school. Yeah. And you know, it was a great conversation. It Good. took a long time to get there. And you know, as a math teacher myself... Uh, I remember writing all these targets, and you want to put everything oh, into gosh. targets, yeah, right? You do. And yeah, you want to make everything you teach a target. Right. And it, it was just a fascinating conversation because you know we've all been there. Mm. But if you're already thinking that way, you're already on a step towards where you want to be. Yeah. And that's that's good. You you don't have to be be-, consider yourself behind as as a professional at that point. Mm. It's just that's where you are. We're all in different places, just like our kids in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> and so why don't we try to treat each other that way? You know, if if my 45 people that I had yesterday is all over the place, well, I'm going to try to meet you where you are and move you all forward. Right. We do that, should be doing that in our classroom. Yeah. We should be doing that as administrators with our staffs. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other. It's the whole thing. You yeah. meet them where they are and you try to move forward. Right. 
you know, we we had a, a professional day. It's October, so we had a professional day. And last <laughs> professional development yeah, season. It really is. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right, right before Halloween. Where's my tote? Where's my teacher tote? <laughs> oh, don't start. <laughs> if you wanted to get that joke, go way back to the beginning. So. You know, we, we talk about everybody in the room is a little bit in a different place. And what's wrong with that if we can just try to agree to move forward a little bit? And that should be anytime we do things. We try to model what we do with adults for what we should be doing with kids. Yeah. And with all the PD that we've been doing lately in a variety of places with a variety of teachers, that always comes back to me that this is so obvious. Why don't we ever do that in the past? But it's just so obvious. I, I know, I but know. it's I don't know. But that's why yeah. that's why we do things. So. That's why we do things. Yeah. So in your uh, personalized learning system, your competency based system, proficiency based education, the target is the target is the target. All the learners, all the targets. If it's going to be something different, you're working at a score four, or your learner is on a different target altogether. Now, I know someone's going to like write in or put on the parking lot. Well, what about accommodations in special ed? Yes, that's a totally different thing. That's like a legal issue where there is specifically written in the IEP if there are different expectations. And then, yeah, you have to follow that. But otherwise. <laughs> yeah, so bring it on. Ask these questions. Yeah. If, if the learner you're wondering about in your head has an IEP, yes, you follow what the IEP says. Otherwise, Absolutely. the target is the target is the target. But why can't the IEP be written? with the same targets as every other kid. It can. And it's just about the accommodations and modifications. Oh, it totally that can. We, can. we can do this. Yeah. We don't have to lower expectations just because they're special ed and they have IEPs. Right. So why are you doing that? Right? Think that's something that I always think about, and I think our special ed staff in my particular district has done a good job with that. Mm -hmm. Targets mm -hmm. to targets to target. Yeah. By the way, that's the name of the show. So thank you very much for that one, as I wrote that down. <laughs> the target is the target. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that wraps up our conversation for today. Yep. So we're in about uh, 10 days or so. Inacol 2017. Yeah, we are, we are the voices hub for Inacol this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you search on Twitter for, well, if you follow us, that You'll would be a good hashtag. thing. Yeah. Uh, we're at PLearnMC. Yep. But hashtag Inacol17, mm -hmm. uh, we're all over the place now. So it's kind of scary. It's a little <laughs> scary, but we're going to put out all kinds of content over the next couple weeks uh, and beyond. It's going to be a tsunami of P-Learn MC. It really is. It really is. We should come up with <laughs> I'm just thinking of the visual for that. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Our heads on a surfboard. <laughs> We'll do something. something if you're coming dumb. to Inacol, please come visit us. We're gonna we're promising dumb swag. Yes. We're gonna work on that. Oh god. <laughs> By the way, that was Courtney who just said that. So <laughs> she's promising me to put stuff in the show notes and now yeah. swag. So I'm promising lots of stuff. Okay, we'll we'll go from there. Hey, I'm at the Lowland C. And I'm at Eat Sleep Stats. Our website is plearnmc.com. And we have a Facebook page, and which we forgot to mention last time, we have an Instagram. There's an Instagram. Is there anything on our Instagram? We have done no, no, we have anything, nothing on But our we have Instagram. a bunch of followers already, believe it or not. <laughs> Amazing. With no content. They're just waiting. <laughs> so I was going to take a picture yesterday of yeah. some of the PD I was doing. And I thought of that in the morning when I got there after I'd driven three and a half hours to this place <laughs> and clearly forgot. 
because yeah, our Instagram's still empty. So yeah. yeah, but we have one. So follow it. It's P Learn MC. That makes us legit. <laughs> and we have everything except I think Snapchat, which we don't need. It's not going to work out for us. So <laughs> anyway, we'll talk next time. <laughs> Thank you.